I want to take the time to open this passage up to you, and I hope that you're patient enough to hear what God has to say today, but we will uh, follow God's leading along this line. I can't tell you how important I think that God Talks is for us as a congregation to reconnect with the idea of, of uh, letting God's voice be louder inside of us. <clears throat> there are so many things that God wants to do through us individually and through us as a church corporately that if we don't listen to his voice and follow and pursue after him, we're going to miss. And you're going to see today some of the things that Moses might have missed if he threw in the towel and quit early. Here we are at the uh, first passage here at the beginning. The Lord said to Moses, Exodus chapter 6, verse 1, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of the land. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as Almighty God. But by the name of the Lord I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, in which they were strangers." And I have heard the groanings of the children of Israel, whom uh, the Egyptians keep in bondage. I have remembered my covenant, and therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you up out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. I will redeem you with my outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. And then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you up out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel, but they did not heed Moses because of the anguish of the spirit and the cruel bondage. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. Have you ever been to a place where you think, well, maybe God has somehow forgotten me. Maybe God doesn't remember me exactly where I am and what's going on. I can tell you that even in this most recent journey here, that there were times like that for Michelle and I, where we were saying, how are we really clear on what God has said? And, uh, you know, maybe we thought we were clear on some aspects of it, but not all aspects of it. And, and have you ever been in a place where you've said, does, has God, does he really know where I am? Does God really know what's going on? And, and what God is saying to me about the greatness of what he wants to accomplish through me, though I don't have every detail uh, penned out, I don't know exactly what it will look like, certainly where I am right now doesn't look great, right? It doesn't feel great. It doesn't seem like amazing things are going to happen. But every one of us faces these moments in time where there really are testings of our faith and and, and we, you know, are, are caused to go back and try to remember the testimonies of our lives, the things where God was faithful and where he brought uh, us through. But not only our stories, the stories of other people that are around the room here today and other people that we know and love that love Jesus, who have uh, been faithful and we've seen God 
rescue them. We've seen God bring them through and, and do a miraculous thing. And so that, that helps us to kind of remember, but we still get to those places where we're banging our heads against the wall. And we're saying, you know, what I'm really wondering, the real question is, is what about the here and the now today? Because that's, that's really what matters. That's where the rubber meets the road. You know, it's what is God concerned about where I am right now? Is he is there anything in what I'm doing right now that is going to add up to what God wants me to do? Has God kind of forgotten me? Is he has he gone off and gotten busy with other people and other things and other parts of the universe? And and he's going to come check back on me. And I'm in the waiting room with with number, you know, one million five hundred and seventy seven. And I'm just kind of waiting for them to call my number. And, and they're on number one hundred and thirty two. And here I am just endlessly waiting. Maybe God has forgotten me. And where we left off with Moses in the previous study was he was at the end of his rope. He, he was, uh, you know, had, had gone forward in obedience to the Lord. He had told Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says, I don't know your God. I don't have to let them go. And you remember the contrasting statements that, that in the beginning, the opening verse, Moses says, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. Verse 10, uh, Pharaoh says, thus saith Pharaoh, you're going to make more bricks and you're going to get less straw. And, and so he's, he's, he's really come down on the people. So not only now is, is, does it not appear that anything is happening in Pharaoh's heart that's going to change the circumstances. But now the people are not keen about Moses and Aaron, right? They think they have caused trouble for them. They have brought about difficulty and trials. So we don't even read those things in the stories, but they probably couldn't walk anywhere without hearing murmuring and complaining and, and maybe even being stoned by people who were so angry at them that, like, get them away from us. It's bad enough to be a slave, but to be a slave who is trying to, who's, who's considered resisting being a slave, that's put us in, 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 at risk. And, and we need to get rid of Moses. We need to get rid of Aaron. And so Moses, you know, at this point, Moses wants out of the pastorate. There's got to be a better way to make a living, right? And he's like, you know, I, I was shepherding out there in, in no man's land and nobody knew me. And uh, at least it was quiet, you know. I could take a nap if I wanted to take a nap. You know, there just wasn't a lot of activity. And it uh, didn't pay great, but you know what? I uh, had good food on the table, had my family close. And everybody, you know, we played games at night. We used to go home and, and we would uh, turn on, you know, the TV and we would play fibbage together. Anybody ever play fibbage? That's kind of fun. You know, you make up lies and, and you try to trick each other into believing that lie. And, and uh, you know, you get points if they believe your lie. And so that's it. Most of it had a pretty good life. Everything was going fine for me. And then now here I am in, in what is the God called position. What God said he created me to do and be, and I just would like to resign, right? That's the story of, of, of all of us, but it's the story of every pastor. You know, they always say they're, they're, they're on the mountain on Monday and resigning, uh, I mean, on the mountain on Sunday and resigning on Monday, right? Because all the things that can happen between Sunday morning and Monday morning, you know, and all the things, the complaints and different kinds of things that can happen, and, and so here's Moses now, you know, really wanting out of the pastorate. And Moses, you know, he's, 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 he's been faithful to this point. He's done what God's asked him to do. Uh, and Moses did what God called him to do. 
But now he's starting to question, God, are you here? Are you involved in what's going on? Are you seeing what's taking place around us? Are you, because uh, certainly Pharaoh has not changed his mind at all. In fact, he's made it harder on the people. It doesn't look like that my timing was right or I'm the right guy. Maybe you need somebody a little bit more Cecil B. DeMille's, you know, that, that would go to let my people go, you know. Because Moses was saying, you know, I have trouble speaking. So he was probably saying something like, uh, the Lord said, please let his people go. You know, <laughs> and he's like, that's not me. I'm not, a, I'm not a good preacher. I'm not a good. I didn't bring the message right. Get somebody else. And, and he's really, you know, discouraged at this point. And, you know, whenever the crisis comes in, whenever difficulty comes in, we're challenged to really believe the things that God has said for us to believe. And, and the question then is, is will God act, but not just will God act, will God act for me? Moses really wasn't interested Is will, will God act for Fred? You know? I mean, that's, that was, he's beyond that point, right? He is standing in front of God right now, thinking about resigning the pastor thinking, will God act for me? You know, I mean, he said that he will and he's shown some signs and wonders but will God really act for me? And there are some of you in the room that that's where you are this morning is your question is, will God act for me? And the message to you out of this message or the words for you out of this message are, yes, he will. Yes, he will. God will act for you. He's a God of the individual and not just the God of the whole church or every Christian. He's that as well. But he is the God of the individual and he loves you and he will act just for you. Now you will see in this passage he opens up to tell Moses to encourage him not to resign the pastorate. Moses, don't resign because now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. It's going to happen in my timing. It's going to happen in my way. But you're going to be in the audience watching me work. Don't you want to be there when the miracle starts happening? Don't you want to be there when the, when the miracle starts unfolding? I'm going to do something, Moses, that only I can do. There are no political groups that can do what I'm about to do. There, there, there are, if, if all of the children of Israel who outnumber the Egyptians right now were able to gather up weapons, they could not undo uh, Pharaoh's edicts. They could not overthrow his army. They can't undo anything. They can't change their circumstances. But I'm about to do what no one else can do. I want you to hang around and watch because what I'm about to do, nobody else can replicate. All the magicians were replicating things that were going on. And he says, you're about to see me do some things the magicians can't replicate. You're about to see me do some things in the heart of Pharaoh that nobody else could do. I need you to stand and watch. And the moment when Moses was most discouraged and thinking about quitting, God spoke to Moses and said, don't quit. And God is speaking to you saying, don't quit, because if you quit, you're going to miss out on everything. If you quit, Moses, if you quit right now, you're going to miss out on the miraculous things that you need to see, that I've lined up for you to see and be a part of. If you quit right now, Moses, you're going to miss out on the Passover. 
You're going to miss out on, on watching me move in such a miraculous way and, and preserve the, the children of Israel and watch over them. The celebration is going to go forever. Now, if, you're not, if, you, if you miss out, if you quit now, you're going to miss this and you're going to miss out on something that is, is so significant for all of history and all of time. Moses, if you, if you check out right now, you're going to miss out on my Red Sea deliverance, on how I'm going to open up the Red Sea and, and the people are going to walk across on dry land. If you check out early, you're going to miss out on the miracle of the Red Sea. I need you to hang in there because you're going to want to be a part of this. You're going to want to be down in that dry land walking across the middle of the Red Sea, seeing the miraculous hand of God at work. You're not going to want to miss this, Moses. And Moses, if you, if you don't do this, uh, if you don't hang in there. You're not going to see me face to face. Others will, will know me uh, as Abraham knew me, as, as Isaac knew me, as Jacob would knew me, but uh, in, in, in ways of my voice and my understanding. But you're going to see me face to face if you hang in there. You're going to have a relationship with me that is reserved just for you. Something I have in store just for you. You need to hang in there, Moses, because you're going to see great things. What God says to Moses, the first thing is, he says to Moses is he's going to break Pharaoh. And he says, Moses, I'm the only one that can do this. I'm going to break him. You're going to watch me do it. And now here in Exodus 6, 2 and 3, he uses the name Yahweh for Lord. It's, it's the same in Exodus 6, 2 and Exodus 6, 6. Yahweh means he brings into existence whatever exists. He's saying, you're going to see me and know me as Yahweh. What doesn't exist with Pharaoh right now is the ability to release and let the people go. I'm going to create it where it doesn't exist. I'm going to make it where it isn't. What is impossible with man, I'm going to do, and you're going to get a firsthand chance to witness it and see it. Moses is at the breaking point of his life. And he heard God speak. We need to tune out the voices around us. You may be at the breaking point of your life. As I was saying earlier, you may not be able to manufacture the dust of what you think is the promise of what God wants to do. You can't even see a little bit of it happening. You don't see any of it taking place. And the challenge for you today is to tune the voices around you and your own internal voice out and listen to God. At the breaking point of life of Moses, he heard God speak. He heard that voice inside him. Every, every great man and woman of God who has gone on to do incredible things for the Lord has had this same kind of experience in their life where they have been at a breaking point and they were ready to give up. They were ready to surrender. And, and suddenly they tuned everything out and they heard God's voice again. This is what I said. I can remember it happening to me walking across the campus at Southwestern Assemblies of God University. I was a declared major for education and I was moving in that direction. At eight years old, God had audibly called me to ministry, to a pastor at ministry. I'm walking across the campus in a, in a field. There's no one else around. Light wind, breeze blowing. And I hear internally inside of me, I hear God saying, 
me, what are you doing? And it, and it, and it with your life. And it, and it came at such a point, it just knocked me to my knees. I fell down in the, in the high grass, uh, walking across that property and just had this experience with God. God saying, you have listened to other voices. You have heard things that you shouldn't be listening to. I had seen things in ministry through my parents. They were pastors that had discouraged me. And I thought, I need a backup plan. I need something else. I need to do something else with my life. This isn't a great future. All my life growing up, when we were, my parents were pastors, we never owned a home. We lived in parsonages. And there was, a, there was poverty involved in some of the things that we were doing for ministry. And, and, and there, there was difficulty and challenges and there were factions of people that were against my dad at times and, and unkind words said. And in the mean side of the church, I saw some things that just scarred me. And here I am, declared major now, moving in a, in a, in a direction of another kind of vocation with my life. And God knocked me down in the high grass on the campus of Southwestern and says, what are you doing? I knew immediately what I had to do. I got up from there and I went back and, and changed my major and redeclared my major for a pastorate ministry. I knew God had spoke to me. It's at the breaking point of our lives. We're ready to throw the towel in that God's calling us to listen to him. And he's here in the here and now. Are you about to throw the towel in in your life, so to speak, without really hearing the voice of God and listening to the voice of God. Have you grown discouraged and to the point where you think maybe this won't ever come to pass and so as a result of that I'm just going to throw in the towel. It's, I've already given too much of my time. I've already given too much of my energies, too much of my finances and I'm just going to throw the towel in because it's never going to happen. And, and God's saying just tune me in. Listen. Listen. What I said I am going to bring to pass. You know that the big, big problems of our lives are opportunities for God to act in big ways. For him to show up so that he not only uh, ministers and rescues our situation, but there are people who are watching our lives who will see the hand of God move when it looks impossible. They, for the first time in their life, they will see the impossible turn to possible. Going through a trial, a difficulty, a challenge... And, and there are seasons of life where God says, I've, I've allowed all of this to take place because I'm going to do a marvelous thing in the middle of this. Hang in there with me. Listen to me. Follow me. Because not only will you see it, but the people around you are going to see it. The Lord makes good on his promises. He always does what he said he would do. And he made good on his promise to Moses for freeing the Jews from slavery. He does not need um, our help. He invites us to be a part of it. But the miraculous thing that's going to take place, God can do all by himself. Israel is a snapshot for us. This story in Exodus is a snapshot for us of God's redemptive work. God frees us from slavery. When, he, when, he, when we come to him and surrender our lives, he, he becomes our God, he, and he accepts us, and we become his people. He leads us into a new life as we follow him and, and follow after him. And there are lessons that we can take away from what is going on in Moses' life right now. Two primary that I want us to look at. The first one is, keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what's going on, no matter uh, if you can't collect enough dust to look like you can mold anything that God said that he wants you to do, 
Nothing seems to be falling into place. Everything seems to be going counter to what you think God wants you to do. And, and uh, you're sitting there with a handful of air. You got nothing. And God says, keep your eyes on me. I'm about to act in ways that you're not going to want to miss. Right now, watch me. Watch what I'm about to do because I will perform my word. I not only give you my word, I'm going to perform my word and bring it to pass. Sometimes God speaks and change doesn't happen right away. Such was the case for us coming across these many miles. God did not act immediately. And I can tell you that there were things that we began to do after a year or so to kind of help God. Abraham and Sarah wanted to help God, right? Sarah had a great idea. <laughs> and, I, and so we thought, we'll help God. So I went and visited with, uh, you know, a, uh, our uh, national group of people, leaders, uh, where I'm ordained and said, hey, you know, um, are you guys wanting to start a church in Round Rock? Is there a church plant you want to do? And I brought them a lot of information and they said, absolutely we do. And they gave me a promise of some money and some things like that. And on the drive back, uh, Michelle and I both are saying, that wasn't God. <laughs> <laughs> we got home, we're like, bummer, we were trying to help. <laughs> we were more convinced when we got back here from Dallas and, and drove into our parking lot that we were not to plant a church uh, in, in, in the first step of this action that God was going to do than we had ever been in the history of our lives, ever. I mean, it was certain, God said to us in no uncertain terms, Set still and watch me work. Keep your eyes on me. I'm about to do something. Sometimes God speaks and things get worse, right? Short time after that, things got a little worse for us. And uh, we were still challenged to keep your eyes on Jesus. I gave the testimony not long ago. I didn't go into a lot of detail, but you know there was a, there was a situation where we had reduced our expenses at any point you, could, you possibly could. And part of that meant, you know, not paying the taxes, you know, that were outside uh, of our, were part of our payment for our house. And, you know, thinking we're going to save up. And we did save a little bit up, but we had a big shortfall coming in just about 30 days. And uh, God performed a miracle. He said, keep your eyes on me. So things were getting worse. <laughs> and we were saying, um... Okay, let's keep our eyes on Jesus. And he came through. I mean, I closed a deal in real estate the day those taxes were, the day those taxes were due. Cashed the check and took the money, you know, I think in cash, to the offices where we had to pay the bill. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Lesson two for us is remain persistent. Remain persistent. This one sometimes would, would make a person think of sitting in, a, in the easy chair and kicking back and working the remote. You know, we'll just, well, God will do something at some point, you know. This one is important because it's about remaining faithful while we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. We knew we had to continue to remain faithful, to do the things that called us to do, 
even though we weren't seeing what we thought we were going to see when we initially got here, right? And, and we had to remain faithful. And Moses came to this point as well where he realized that he needed to keep his eyes on God. He needed to remain persistent in, in the things that God had said. He had to continue to bring the word back to Pharaoh. Whatever God would say, he couldn't store it up and keep it and say, well, just tell me everything and, and, and I'll make one visit. And, but every time God sent him, he had to go and he had to, to share this word. It, it, it isn't, uh, God was trying to show Moses, Moses, it isn't your eloquence of speech. It isn't, you know, uh, how, how gifted and talented you are. This is me. I'm going to do all the work, but I'm going to need you to be persistent. I'm going to need what I said to do, and I'm going to need you to hold on and hang on to, to the promise that I've made for your life. I am going to accomplish this. You are going to watch me. Now you will see it's unfolding, and you're going to watch this happen. Well, you have nothing right now. You're going to start seeing things fall into place. But it's not going to be by your might. It's not going to be by your power. It's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to bring it to pass. And so God orders Moses back to Pharaoh uh, to finish the job. And he gives him the word that we read, uh, this closing word. God says to Pharaoh, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Go to, Pharaoh, go to tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go out of his land. He's like, God is, is putting little nuances on this um, prescription all along the way. He says, let my people go. He's let them go out of your land. You know, he's, he's putting details to it because Pharaoh was like, well, they can go. You know, at certain points he's going to say they can go, but then I want to go too far. Keep them around, you know, uh, maybe, you know, just a mile or so outside the city or a half mile or whatever. We'll keep a good eye on them. Then you bring them back. And, and God's beginning to put little nuances to this. No, they're going out of the land. They're leaving. And then, and then there's the one that, that's going to pop up for us again, I think, in uh, chapter 8, verse 1, where he says, Let my people go that they may worship me. Let them go. And each uh, time God is speaking to Pharaoh, he's bringing in an important point. And he's challenging Moses, stay steady. Stay steady. This is my work. I'm going to do it. And you're going to see this thing unfold. It's going to be marvelous what I'm going to do. The challenge for some who are here today, I'm going to invite our worship team to come back, is can I, can I trust God? Can I wait for the Lord? Can I believe and be persistent uh, enough to say, you know, God is, is, is faithful and uh, he's been faithful in my past. He has a, has a good track record. And so I'm going to trust him and I'm going to continue to persevere. And you may be in a place where I was, you know, down on your knees scrubbing a toilet in a almost minimum wage job thinking to yourself, this is as good as it gets. You may be a little bit further down the line where you're like, oh, God's blessed me. Things are going pretty good, you know, but I still don't have what, you know, God said and what his promise was for my heart and life. I still don't know what I'm supposed to do with my one and only life. I'm still not seeing all of that come to pass. I was never really clear on it, but now I just don't see it happening uh, at all. Like it seems like I'm going down a different path and, and God's saying, hold steady, 
watch. Now you will see. Be persistent. Keep your eyes on me. Listen to my voice inside of you. Quiet all of the other things that you've been listening to. Listen to me because what I'm doing, no one else can do. The work that I'm doing in hearts and lives around you, nobody can do that. The work that I'm doing in your community, um, the work that I'm doing in, uh, in government, the work that I'm doing around the planet, around the globe, you can't do it. Nothing of, inside of you can make this happen. But watch me and allow me to go to work and trust me. Persevere. Will you stand with me? As the worship team is leading us in, in this song, I want us to take these moments just to surrender to the Lord and say, God, I am available to you completely. There may have been ways, Lord, where we have um, taken control of the helms. We're setting, we're, this morning we surrender. Let's just make this a place of surrender. God, we trust you. We're going to keep our eyes on you. We're going to believe in you.